Well, hello there and welcome to Lead Your Day. I'm Marilyn. We've kind of changed the name this month to show off because I'm taking advantage of, yep, advantage of International Women's Day to do a daily run of podcasts all throughout this month. Shorter episodes than we normally do where I'm showing off everyday women in my world. Some I've met, some I haven't met, some I've known for years and years, and others I've only just recently met. Today's guest, Catherine Archer, is a one such beautiful lady who I've known for a very long time. We worked together in Scotland uh, over 20 years ago, and we've kept in touch ever since. You are going to love her. Not just that accent, but she is, oh, she's a drummer, she's a mum of three, a a wife to a very successful entrepreneur. She's a real hoot. She's a a musician. She's a photographer. She's uh, lots of good fun. So, yeah, a little bit different this one. You're going to really, really enjoy it. Over to the show. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the show, Catherine. Thank you very much. Can you tell I'm excited? (laughs) Can you tell I'm excited? (laughs) This woman, I can't wait to show off. She, we've known each other, what, 25 years, maybe? Something like that. When I worked for the, we worked for the same company in yeah. Scotland, uh, <laughs> many moons ago. <laughs> Don't do a Scottish accent, Marilyn. You're horrible uh, at it. Um, but can I just can I just say, and she'll be embarrassed with. She is one of the most amazing women, and she's a part of the most one of the most amazing couples on the planet. Look. Seriously, she's witty, she's funny, she's raw, and I can't wait to show her off. So, again, welcome, formally, Catherine. Thank you. I think I'm blushing. (laughs) (laughs) So, please share with the world, introduce yourself. Well, you know who we are, you're Catherine Archer. Where are you in the world? What is that lovely accent that I just gave away? But, you know, I've got to sort of keep up with the questions. And... (laughs) And what is it that you do? What lights you up? Who are you? I'm I'm Catherine from, I'm a Fifer, a place called Fife in Scotland, but moved to another place called Kinrosha, which means nothing to most people. Beautiful um, rolling hills. Stunning. uh, Just beautiful place. We moved here because we've got three daughters and we wanted to get them out of the big, bad, scary town and take me away from all bad influences just kind of selfish but actually it's been amazing and especially for her middle daughter she's loved it um I'm uh so yeah so I'm a mum of three kids um I'm a self-taught photographer and I'm a musician I am a drummer and I'm a singer and I could do them both at the same time (laughs) (laughs) and how long uh, because I want to ask you this so you share it with all how long has your band been going I think 28 years. <laughs> Isn't that incredible? Isn't that yeah, incredible? Yeah, and we're still going. And, and we did two weeks ago. And it was the busiest that pub had been for for a long time because we were gigging. It was such a compliment. Now, yeah. you're a mum of three mm-hmm. girls. The mm-hmm. conversation this whole series yeah. is really um, centred around women, women's issues, gender equality, change in the world, but we find ourselves smack bang in the middle of continued world crisis 
on our screens mm -hmm. every day, in our hearts, we're feeling it. How has, I'd love to share your perspective on what it feels like to raise three girls. Well, to be honest, before I even had kids, well, originally when I was young, I didn't think I wanted kids. I was the most unmaternal person in the world. And then something, it's a weird thing that happens to women. Something switches on in your brain. You're like, must have a child. Um, and I always joked that I wanted three girls. And I, I got it. I was lucky. Um, I Having three girls, I love it. I, it's fantastic. I know what makes them tick. Um, and their, their dad, he's, you know, he's brilliant. He's a great dad to them. Um, it's just very different because they're three girls and they're three incredibly different girls, mm. um, looks-wise and personality-wise. But uh, it's great just to empower them and tell them, you can be whatever you want to be. I just I was just saying that just now to my youngest. She's 10 and she called me up and says, can you tuck me in? I tucked her in and she went, mummy, I want to live in London when I'm older. And rather than me going, oh, God, London, no, I just said, yeah, do it. If that's what you want to do, do it. You can afford it. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that, don't know if that's any good, but... How is get. how you're raising them very different as the expectation of you as a woman growing up? My ex I think when I was growing up, because I was a very good baby and then a very good toddler and I didn't cry, that carried on throughout my childhood and my teenage life. And there was this expectation um, that I could not put a foot wrong. And it wasn't just by my parents, it was by the entire family. Um, and then I was put on a pedestal um, and it was really, really tough. But I didn't realise at the time, it's not something until I kind of got into early adulthood that I just realised how hard that was because it almost didn't let me grow. Um, you, you, you don't really realise who you are because you're so worried about you know, pleasing everyone else. And that was me. You know, I still am a people pleaser. I'm an empath. It's who I am. But um, compared now to them, you know, if one of them wants to kick off about something, I'll just be, good, go for it. Yeah, you know, uh, try and encourage them to have the confidence to say, I don't agree with this or, um, or, or, or to have a, not an argument, but a debate about something, you know, our middle daughter, oh my God, she loves a debate. And I'm all for encouraging it because I don't want them to be as confined as I was growing up. Mm. I'm not, I didn't have a bad childhood. I had a great childhood, but there was expectation that, you know, I must be this good girl and you must stick to being this good girl. And, and I want my girls to have a bit more spunk, as you'd say over there. <laughs> Um, Which is yeah. not a good word in your part of the world. <laughs> no, <laughs> not here. But you know, not a good I'm, word at all. I've watched enough Australian TV. I know it's okay. <laughs> I hear neighbours has been uh, canned. There's a few, yeah, a few yeah. friends over in uh, that part of the world are grieving. Anyway, we we keep on. You're a drummer in a band. Was that part of like a rebellion against your good childhood? <laughs> Not at all. Um, it, my dad, my granddad was a drummer and my dad's a drummer and my dad had two daughters and my sister actually said when she was about nine, um, can I try the drums? So we set the drums up in the bedroom 
And my sister took one look at them and was like, don't want them. I sat down and instantly knew how to play a 4-4 beat. It was just like it was in me. It was weird. And from then on, I took it up. But actually, I think the drumming really, really helped. Um, and I never got angry. And I think it's because <laughs> yes. I took it out on the kit. Um, Drum therapy. Uh, it's a new type yeah. of... It is, yeah. Trauma and release. I, mm. Yeah, yeah. Another business idea. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. It, it, so, no, I wouldn't say it was a rebellion. It was just something, but it was so rare back then, you know, that you just didn't see yeah. female drummers. I think, no. it would open, you know, you just didn't see it. So, um, yeah. Did but, you encounter any uh, stereotypes or resistance? about you being a drummer, the only female in the band and the drummer? Yeah, I was the only drummer in the whole school as well, so I was in every single band, including the teacher's band. It was ridiculous. <laughs> I would sit on the stage while they wheeled on the next band and they'd go away and then the next band and I just sat there. Um, no, what I would say was back then it was okay for guys to come up to me and say, you're good for a girl. I used to get you're good for a girl you're good for a girl and the other one I used to get was you're really good because you drum like a man god you drum like a man and I was you know 16 I was I got I was in a signed band when I was 17 but Mm. I just wouldn't know what to say because the good girl in me Mm. didn't know how to rebel and um that was weird Mm. that was very weird and now looking back if I heard a comment like that to one of my girls, I'd make I'd encourage them to punch him, if I'm honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can you share uh, a little bit about? I know you you don't you don't wear it. On, I'll start again. Can you share about your music experience, your music history? Because I know you were in a little duo that was quite popular. Can you share the story? Um. Yeah, well, when I was 17, I was signed in, to be honest, I just auditioned for a band um, and uh, got the job. And I just thought it was a band I turned up to in a church hall every Thursday and practiced. And then <laughs> we had a manager and I'm like, OK, well, that's unusual. And I'm still at school. Um, and then it must be within two months time. I was playing my first gigs with them and then all of a sudden we were the talk of the town and all these A&R guys from these record companies turned up from London and we signed and we signed a two-year, a two-album deal which was unheard of and we were in an indie band, you know, you, you could Google us but you won't find much um, and I just had the most wild two years of my life. I mean, a 17-year-old touring all over the UK supporting the likes of Radiohead and Blur and the Cranberries, who all went on to become massive, obviously. Um, Blur were massive. Supporting them was phenomenal. But it was a scary but exciting experience. Um, And it probably really moulded who I am. And then that all fell to bits when our manager ripped us us off terribly, um, which has now become a really successful theatre show because... The girl mm. who was a singer written all about it. Um, uh, but, yeah, it was an incredible experience. And because of that, there's things my eldest wants to do that I'm not going to hold her back from because I know what I was given the opportunity to do. So I'm letting her, we, we are letting her mm. do what her dream is. So, mm. Which yeah. I can 
can I announce, she's an amazing football, which is soccer for yes, yeah, she's the rest a footballer. of the world. And she she loves it so much, she wants to play a lot. And you don't really get to play a lot there. Mm. So she wants to go and study in America and um, mm. and play football every day, soccer. Football every day over there. And it looks like it's going to happen. And it's scary and it's terrifying because, well, she's only a kid, but you've got to let her follow her dreams. You know, I was I was allowed to do crazy, crazy tours and live off sandwiches and um, garage forecourt meals. Uh, and, yeah, so we want to give her the same opportunity as well to do something crazy. And, and if it doesn't work, it doesn't work, and that's fine. But I think you've got to give kids, you've got to encourage them as much as you can. Mm, mm. It sounds like your, yeah, your whole philosophy of parent, it's not whether they're girls or they're guys, it's encouragement nurture provide that nest where they can just fly when they're when they're ready changing life uh, I know you and I are both dealing with aging parents and caring mm. we were saying before we switched on record that you know it 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 seems to fall on the women you know we raise mm-hmm. our kids mm-hmm. then we go into aging parents and then can can you share some of that conversation? We just chat about it because, yeah, it, it, so many people feel like, well, when is there time for me? Why is that such a burden on women, do you think? Is is it something we need to break? It certainly is an expectation. From our point of view, it's just the way it's worked for us and it's been fine. We've been lucky to to raise our kids the way we have with my husband running a really busy business, growing it from a sapling into a, a a multi-million pound business. And I've been, you know, been there behind them. Um, but unable to go out and work full time, obviously, because there's kids there and all the rest of it, which has been fine. It suited us and it's meant I can channel my cre- creative ways in other ways. But I, it is a difficult thing and I don't know how you can change it. Um, I'm stumped, <laughs> to be honest. Um, it, and like you say, when your parents get older and then especially, and you're the oldest, I'm the oldest out of my, my, me and my sibling and it's easier for me to help my mum more because my sister's working full time. Um, and it's just the way the apple's fallen, but it's, it's hard. Um, and I actually don't know. I wish I could offer advice on how to change it, but it's it's difficult. It's like it's like you can't have your cake and eat it. You know, you yeah, it's hard. What would you say um, to other women who might be listening right now who are feeling that burden, who are feeling we're feeling the collective strain and the stress around the world, but there's also so many little local and and, and I think if if you feel like you're complaining. It feels like, yeah, but I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not a Ukrainian woman escaping my country. What would you say to the everyday woman listening to this right now who's feeling that pressure? What would you say? You've got a vent. You have to speak to somebody. I am the world's worst for not talking about it. I don't vent very often. I'm not good at opening up. Okay, I'm chatting to you now, but mm-hmm. it's not properly, you know, I... Mm-hmm. It's a it's skill. A formal situation. It's a, mm. it's, yeah, it's a skill um, learning to open up. But 
you have to open up and you've got to let go and you have to learn to lean on other people. I'd say that's the biggest thing because if you don't lean on someone else, you're going to take all the impact and you will implode. Um, so even though, yeah, you know, you feel like, well, I can't complain, look at all these people in the world. and But life is tough sometimes. It's really tough. But you really have to learn to lean on those who closest who you feel you can trust and whether that's your partner or your best friend or your neighbor um oh god your dog give your dog a hug you know it's just <laughs> that that that's probably my biggest message and don't be scared and don't feel embarrassed and don't mm. feel bad that one day you don't want to get to bed and you're upset and you just want to cry you just, you've mm. got to talk to somebody and get a drum kit and bash it out and get a drum kit hit the shit out of it (laughs) (laughs) Catherine you've been a real influence on me I have loved visiting you and your family every single time I really do I like I want to move to Scotland and live next door Um, I love your inspiration I watch your photos coming through you're definitely an inspiration and you're seeing your three girls just flourish is is bigger than you'll know it is just and I remember the days beforehand when you couldn't initially have kids and the heartbreak there so I've seen that full journey and look yeah I just want to show off about you who has inspired motivated you dead or alive who's in your world that has helped shape you to be you um my I mean my mum my life hasn't been easy for my mum she's bipolar um, she had quite a lot of health issues and most of my grown up life, she was holding down one, if not two jobs. Um, even doctors were astounded at how well sh- she was doing. Um, all dealt with her medication very well. My gran was a really, really feisty little kind of, not Glaswegian, Lanarkshire, but kind of West Coast Scottish woman, swore like a trooper. Um, Loved singing, loved dancing, you know, and I just loved life. Grabbed it with both hands. And she, I spent a long time with my grand grown up because my mum was in and out of hospital quite a bit. Um, and she, yeah, she's still with me. I swear she's with me every day. I feel her. And she's she was hysterical. And I'd like to think I got a lot of my sense of humour from her as well. She was fabulous, fabulous wee woman. Aww. I know when I'm there, it's like, no, we are Scotland. We're not England. So many people see that, you know, that difference. What Do you see any big difference between Scottish women and the rest of the world or Scottish women and English? Is there a big difference in the mindset, the way we treat, you treat women? I could say we, (laughs) maybe I'm Scottish from another life. (laughs) Culturally, uh, how do the Scots do things differently? It's very difficult when you can't, you've not got anything to compare to, but I think very, we're very proud of our own. I mean, you know, certainly in Scotland, families talk about it's, oh, it's our Catherine or it's our Kerry. You know, we're very much very proud of our ones and we'll, we'll defend them um, to the hilt, to the, to the point where it's probably ridiculous defending them, you know. Um, we're just we just love our own and we love our country and we're ridiculously proud 
to be Scottish. I don't know if it's something in our blood that goes back to the days of William Wallace. <sighs> We're quite fiery and we don't hate the English. It's it's all, it's it's <laughs> bravado. Um, certainly I don't know anybody who does, but um, it's just a very Scottish thing. I think, you know, I think everyone knows wherever Scots people go around the world, it's like, oh, you're from Scotland. You know, there's just this yeah, love yeah. of um, yeah. Scottish people. And I think I just feel really proud. I swear when I go to America, my Scottish accent gets way stronger. <laughs> so I'm like, everybody, I'm Scottish. Listen to me. <laughs> So I'll do that when I come to Australia. <laughs> You'll start, like, start um, hearing, sounding like Billy Connolly. Oh, yeah, exactly. Billy Connolly, I mean, he's a massive inspiration, but he's not a woman, but he's fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't care. He doesn't give two hoots. And he, oh, my God, we love him. I mean, I'm not kidding. Scotland will go into mourning for two weeks when Billy Connolly goes. You know, the Queen will go and we'll be like, oh, that's sad. Oh, Billy Connolly. <laughs> It's true. Just, it's true. Oh, it's yeah, true. Yeah. It's the same. I'm drumming away. What do you love about being a woman? I think the favourite bit about being a woman is feeling beautiful. I think that's something a man will never experience. You know, men are handsome and they can be beautiful in a way, but um, I, I just like the opportunity to, yeah, I just I just think it's, it's so nice to be, feel feminine and... Um, and strong. I mean, God, I raised kids. I breastfed three kids. I fed them entirely in my milk for six months. What man can say that? You know what I mean? I mean, I kept three children alive. Yeah. Um, but even if I hadn't, it's not about that because many women don't have children. And um, it's just also, I think we do make men weak. You know, I think we are still. And I think men are, in a way, probably intimidated, not because we nag, but because um, there's something they don't understand about us. You know, we are a different species. Yeah. Um, and I do like the ability to feel beautiful. You know, I actually really enjoy wearing makeup. Maybe I shouldn't admit that because there's a lot of anti-makeup brigade out there, but I love it. I feel like it's my war paint. On my worst days... I still get up every morning and put my war paint on because it gives me a strength that I can accomplish anything. And I don't mind saying that, you know, if that's what makes me feel like I can cope with my day. And it's not because I feel ugly without it. I just feel like it's, I'm putting my, you know, putting my war paint on and getting out there. William Wallace. (laughs) (laughs) How have you, how, how have you seen that expressed in each of your three girls who are radically different from each other in temperament in in every way yeah yeah I don't know I mean they've all been brought up the same we encourage them to be whatever they want to be um none of them really wear makeup you know so it's not like they're copying me um Mm. the the eldest is obviously really really sporty and and that's she gets her strength from her sport and keeping fit and um, I think it makes her feel powerful. Um, sometimes she plays football against the boys at school and it get, makes her powerful because she's, you know, she's better than a lot of them. And then our middle daughter, you know, from the moment Faith learned to play, she would be playing with Thomas the Tank Engine and cars and we encouraged it and we would buy that stuff. And then I would take her to the shops and say, what top do you want? She'd go instantly to the boys section and pick up 
a boy's t-shirt and I would buy it because you know I didn't want to put her in a box that she didn't want to be in and we just let her grow as a person and and we've just let them become the people they are you know um and and the youngest one she's feisty I mean she's like her dad she's going to be running Sephra um she's just headstrong you know she's quick you know she's straight at back at you um but we've just let them grow into the people they're becoming you know we're not we've not tried to mold them Mm. Um, and isn't that interesting I want to draw out something you said is that when they find who they are and when they're not necessarily when they find I'm going to rephrase that when they're safe to be who they are there's mm -hmm. power there's power in that Mm-hmm. They feel yeah. that pow- they feel powerful, and yet often we try and take power as oh, I need to be. F- I need to feel more powerful, so I'll go into this role. But it's actually the reverse: is when you feel safe to be who you are, that's the- That's your power. So there's there shouldn't be this women men power struggle because it's not about that at all, is it? No, no beautiful no, wisdom no. there. Beautiful yeah. wisdom. Yeah. Catherine, I've so loved chatting this. It's late there. Almost like we should have a G&T in our hands as we do this. We should have, shouldn't we? <laughs> I've got a gin cupboard. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you really, uh, in my last trip there, can I just say to everyone, you taught me the, um, the artistry of a good G&T, which was amazing. To close off, I'd like to ask you this question. What can I show off about you? It's, you know, 50 years' time. What would you like to have been shown off about? I'm not sure it's shown off about. I think I would like to be remembered as being that person that when you're at a party and you hear that, you do hear Catherine's coming, you get a little, you get excited. You think, oh, Catherine's coming, you know. Oh, yay. Because I want to be that person who, Lights people up a little bit, and I want to be known for my kindness because I like to think I'm a very kind person. But I, I just like people to remember me for being that life and soul, and the person who they want to be around and have fun with. And it's like we're not good at bragging, you know. It's not what we do, but I suppose I am a creative person. It's who I am. That's where my brain works. So if people remember from my talent or that was that girl who could sing Proud Mary and drum it at the same time, um, which people still ask me how I do and I don't know, I just do it. It's, but um, yeah, that, that's how I'd like to be remembered. Not for some huge, big life changing thing, just for, you know, oh God, I loved Catherine. She was fab. You know, <laughs> as simple as that. I love it. And quite frankly, this the truth is every single answer is the same. No one said for my or being an author or standing on stage or achieving some World Cup, it's all human values that people want to be remembered by. Catherine, yeah. thank you. I want to honour you. And I can, you may not ever, none of these women I'm interviewing want to show off, but I can show off about you. I'm. You mean a lot to me. <laughs> your wit your humour, um, your smile, your your values. I appreciate you and I want to honour you in front of my entire audience. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you.